You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are talking about the concept of work life balance. And this is something that you hear people talk about all the time in the business world. And there are millions of books out there that give you advice on how to achieve the perfect work-life balance. And there are, I'm sure, other podcasts about achieving work-life balance and blogs and all sorts of other things out there that exist to talk about achieving perfect work-life balance. And I wanted to just spend a little bit of time giving you my two cents on what I think is a very important subject uh, and also some of my just perspective on the concept of achieving that that perfect work-life balance. So what are we talking about when we say work-life balance? Well, most people are talking about balancing the amount that they work versus the amount of time that they do things in the rest of their life, the spending time with their kids, they're going on vacation, they're having outside things that they're doing that are not working in or on their business. And uh, it is oftentimes considered kind of the, the perfect goal where your work-life balance is perfectly in alignment, where you are spending just the right amount of time in both, where neither is being neglected and they both are um, just working completely harmoniously together. And honestly, that's a little bit of a misnomer, in my opinion. I don't think we are, we're always trying to achieve balance in our lives and in everything that we do. Uh, there are millions of disciplines out there, uh, yoga, martial arts, all of these different concepts where we're looking to achieve balance in our lives. And it's not something that is easily attainable. Many people spend their entire lives seeking that perfect balance without actually attaining it. So when you when you start looking at your work-life balance and how that should be aligned, there are a bunch of people, bunch of different perspectives on how you should do it. And it all really comes down to finding your general happiness and general health in your business and outside of your business. And as a business owner, achieving a true work-life balance can be really, really hard. In fact, I would say most business owners have what would be considered a relatively horrible work-life balance, meaning we work a ton and when we go about our lives, we're also still working because we can't afford to miss that phone call where someone might be buying something or we can't afford to not be paying attention to what's going on on our website with sales. Uh, we just aren't able to truly unplug in that manner, uh, especially if you're just getting started in business. Everything is on you. You haven't delegated as much as you eventually will and you don't have the capabilities that you will someday when you've you've truly achieved uh, what you can achieve within your business. So how do we go about even figuring out what a good work-life balance for ourselves looks like. Well, number one is you need to figure out what you have outside of work that is your life. Now, I know that sounds like a really weird idea, but if you're like me, I have all of these things that I love to do. 
And all of those things that I love to do, for the most part, I have turned into a business or I now do professionally. Um, I always loved firearms and I loved shooting when I was younger and everything to do with that. And now my full-time job is instructing people in how to shoot firearms. It is firearms instruction and I'm working on guns and I'm doing armor level things and my job is guns and teaching people to shoot. So is that still fun for me? Yes, but it's also work. Like when I go out to the range and I'm shooting, I'm even looking at okay, yeah, I want to maintain my skills and have a little bit of fun, but I'm also trying to assess what are better techniques, what are better things I can do for my students, all of those different things. Um, Cheer was a huge passion of mine. It was a hobby of mine. I cheered through college. Uh, Obviously, it helped pay for school, but it was a passion. And I coached, but I coached because of passion. I didn't coach because of the paycheck. I coached because I loved coaching and I loved the sport and I loved the kids. Um, even after I started working full time, my first year and a half, I was at my department. I had to work as a volunteer. I was told I wasn't allowed to get paid for an outside job while I was on probation. So I needed anything I did had to be volunteer. So I coached as a volunteer. Why? Cause it was a passion. It was something I loved. Well, then I turned that into a business when my wife and I bought the gym and started running it. Um, And everything I've done, I turn into some form of a business. I love coaching people. Now I'm a professional business coach. I love doing um, performance-based things like podcasts and recording. And now I have a professional podcast. And I turn all of these things into work, um, which actually is one of the few things that um, I've struggled with, not few things, one of the things I've struggled with. And I talked to uh, some good, very wise counselor friends of mine who were encouraging me to find more hobbies. And they were like, what do you do for a hobby? And I don't, I didn't really have any at the time. And now I don't, I don't really have too many hobbies. Um, I obviously love spending time with my kids and my family. Uh, but my other hobbies would be, I like to play video games, just guilty pleasure. I enjoy playing video games. Um, and I enjoy cooking. I really, really enjoy cooking and cooking for other people and serving other people food. I enjoy that process of experimenting and finding things that taste good and different recipes and making my own. And it's something fun for me. And I have friends that love my cooking and You know, they'll frequently comment, oh, you need to start a food truck or you need to uh, bottle this sauce that I make. Uh, You need to bottle this and sell it. And I actually always respond, no, it's, it's my one hobby. It's my one thing that's not a business. And I kind of fiercely protect that because it's something I can just do for pure joy. And the reality is, is that when you do something that you love and then you turn it into a business it changes and it's different and it's not the same. It doesn't have the same feeling to it. And when you do what you, when you turn what you love into what you do, it becomes a lot harder to love it. So it is one of those interesting challenges that people have to deal with when they're trying to figure out a work-life balance is, well, I've taken the things that I loved and now I've turned them into work and now I don't have things that I love that aren't work. And so you may need to identify that first. You may need to establish hobbies outside of work that are hobbies and are not work. Um, 
Now, that may be very easy for you. You may have kids or family that you love to spend time with, and that may be your main outside-of-work love, which is fantastic. But those are the easiest things to push to the side when things get busy. When times get busy, it is the easiest to not spend time with your family or be distracted or tell your kids that you can't play with them right now because you need to do some work. I do it frequently. Um, And I used to do it a lot more until I started to set some specific boundaries for myself. I started to make it so when I am at home, I have working hours that I'm allowed to work and my kids know that dad can work during these hours. And then I have hours where I'm I'm not allowed to work. And that doesn't mean I never do. I will be honest. I don't always follow those rules. I do sometimes respond to an email or if something is going on, I might respond to text messages or phone calls during that time that I probably shouldn't. But they know that I'm much more dedicated to them during that time. And unless it's kind of an emergency situation, I'm avoiding it. Now, obviously, if you let everything become an emergency, then that that really isn't going to work out. But you need to create boundaries when you are at home. This is how you start to create a healthy work-life balance is when you're at home, you're at home. You're not doing work. Now, for those of us who own businesses like me, where you do work from home, that can become really challenging. Uh, I recommend you primarily do your work in a specific area. And that is, that is like going to the office. I'm lucky enough to have an office in my house. Um, which is where I'm recording this podcast. Uh, it's a room attached to our bedroom, and it allows me to separate and go somewhere else and do work without um, having that invade other spaces in my home. Now, full transparency, do I sometimes break that rule? Yes, I do. But I really should always work in here. It's far better. It's set up for work. I have dual monitors. I have cameras. I have my microphone. I have everything else I need here in this office as opposed to working at my kitchen table where it's a mess. But sometimes I do it so I can just kind of be around my kids even when they're just watching shows. It's still nice to be kind of in the same area, coexisting in the same space or be downstairs with my dog, you know, those kind of things. So you have to find those things that are your outside life. It can't all just be work. And it's great if you love what you do. I love what I do. And there are times where that fills my bucket so much. There are times where work fills my bucket as much as my outside life. But it can't be the only thing that fills your bucket because at the end of your life, you're going to die. And there's going to come a point in time where you don't work anymore, where you're not that person anymore, where you leave your profession or you leave your business or you sell your business and start another one. But there's going to come a point in time where things change and you need to be mentally and emotionally prepared for that or else when that happens, you are not going to be set up in a manner that you want to be set up for success, where you have built a a life a life after business and you've thought about those things. So that's number one. You've got to establish what your life is outside of business. And then number two is you've got to set boundaries and you've got to set those boundaries and enforce those boundaries and guard those boundaries. Because if you don't do that, you're going to gradually allow the business to creep in. And as the business creeps in, the life starts to dissipate. And then Number three is give your understand and be understanding of yourself 
and what is going on, that there are going to be ebbs and flows. The perfect balance is never going to exist. There are going to be points and times where you have to hustle, where you have to push a little bit more, your work hours get extended. This is just the reality of life. There are going to be points in time where you have to work harder on certain projects. And that is within business and within life. You know, my wife and I, uh, we redid our downstairs flooring. Uh, It was a present I gave to her and we decided we were going to do it ourselves. And we were going to do it. We got everything set up. We had a particular weekend and it was a weekend right before I went to go do a camp in Reno. And we had, uh, I got off work on Thursday. I'd picked everything up and we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, or maybe it was a Friday. We had Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and I was leaving Tuesday morning at like 5 a.m. So we literally had three days to demo and install. And man, we went solid 15-hour days doing this floor install to get it done before I left because I didn't want to leave her with a partially torn apart house. And it was a push to get this done. And we did. We got it done. It was it was almost miraculous. Um, I was working till the last minute, but we got it done. And that was a life thing. We made a choice and we had a push to achieve a particular goal. That's going to happen in business too. So this concept of, okay, I only work eight hours a day on my business and then I at the other hours in my day, I do not work. It does not happen. And that's just, that is, is what it is. I only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or I only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I don't work any other days. And when I'm at home, I don't touch my computer and I don't touch my phone and I don't respond to emails. You can do it that way. And you may be the anomaly where that works out. But most people, unless you have a lot of subordinates in place, ready to rock and roll, are not going to be able to run effective businesses that way and never violate it and never violate those rules. You have to understand that sometimes those boundaries uh, are going to be encroached upon and they have to be adjusted and then go back into place. And, and the goal is to work hard and then have that time off. Number four would be to take vacations. You need to take vacations, you need to take vacations, you need to take vacations. And this is coming from someone who didn't really take a lot of vacations. And I think there is a balance to strike. Some people can take vacations every month. Me personally, I like to take a true vacation once a year to once every half year. And when I say a true vacation, I mean more than three days. Doing a little three-day getaway, those are great to do, and you can do those monthly, absolutely. But to do a vacation of like a week or more is more significant, and it takes a little bit more planning, and it takes a little bit more preparation, and it requires people to be aligned to run things while you are gone. But it is so good for the soul and the mind to recharge to get away. Now, I 100% go on vacation and by the third day I'm bored and I have my notebook out and I'm taking notes and I'm thinking about my business and it, it brings a whole new level of perspective. I was talking to Carmine about this in one of the previous interviews, but it still reinvigorates me and gets me re-energized and excited to go back to work when maybe when I left, I wasn't. I was like, I'm over this. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't know why I do this stuff. And then I'm gone for three days 
and I'm already missing it and I'm already thinking of all the things I want to do and all the things I want to accomplish. So taking those vacations is a really good opportunity to reset, recharge, and re-motivate yourself to get back to work and really start kicking some booty. So take those vacations. That is going to bring you balance. Just like I said, there are going to be times where you're going to you're going to violate those boundaries and you may work more hours, you may work long days, you may work numerous days or even a week or two in a row, but at the end of that, there should be a light at the end of the tunnel where you get some sort of a reward. We want to have those rewards so we're working towards something and it allows us to be excited and motivated and just have that have that reward at the end of it all. So take the vacations, take the time, uh, you know, work hard, and then take that time off. Now, each individual person is different. So anyone who tells you that they have the magic formula, that I personally think they're, they're not selling you the truth because it's different for every individual. Some people can work 15 hours a day, every day of the week, and they don't burn out the same way. Most people can't do that, and that's okay. That doesn't mean you're weak. That just means that person is an anomaly. I talk a lot about Jocko Willink. I idolize the guy. I think he is just an amazing person, amazing leader. I love his books. I really try adopt his, to adopt his values. I hope someday I get to meet him and thank him for all the lessons I've learned from him. I think he's amazing. That guy doesn't sleep. He routinely talks about how he goes to bed late, like midnight, and then gets up at 4 a.m. and is working out. And, you know, he's always saying, get after it. Look, he can do that. I I actually push the sleep boundaries. I can't do that. If if I tried to live the way Jocko lives, I'm pretty sure my, my soul and my mind would degrade and I would not be in a good mental and emotional state. So each individual is different. The amount of time you need off may vary versus someone else. So the concept of, you know, valuing that hustle culture, it used to be kind of that badge of pride of like, I haven't taken a day off in four years and I sleep three hours every night and I've made, you know, my $3 million well, great, but are you happy? Are you enjoying your life? Are you having any fun? Because if you're just working all that time and you're not ever enjoying yourself, then, I mean, what are you doing it for? So you've got to find that for yourself. And it may take trial and error. It may be a situation where you think that you need this much time off and then you start taking that time off and you realize, man, I'm bored. This is actually not good for me. And when you're bored, then you're work at your business degrades and then your life environment is not as good. So you've got to find that balance for yourself. Um, if you are working on this, I highly recommend, this is my last little recommendation. If you don't see a counselor that you trust, maybe try it out. Those are some great people to give you advice as they get to know you on um, giving you a good barometer of where your mental and emotional state is and telling you, hey, you seem a little bit off. You, I, I, you might be pushing too hard and they can help be an accountability partner for you in those things. There's nothing wrong with getting professional help in those manners. Um, you know, if I, I talk to a counselor, I see a counselor once a month. 
It's very good for me. Um, and sometimes we talk about, we talk about a variety of things. We talk about my gym, we talk about my business, we talk about my life and my family and, and, and we strategize. And I think it continues to make me strive to grow, to be a better person and a better husband and a better, better father and a better, better business owner. So, you know, utilize those resources. That's another thing you can do to help find balance. And maybe you don't see a counselor. Maybe you have friends and accountability partners in that way. That may be the perfect answer for you. There are lots of different ways to crack this nut. There's no one size fits all answer. The only thing that is true for everyone is you have to find what your work-life balance is. It cannot be all work. And if it's just all life, then you don't have money to live that life. So that becomes problematic. So make sure you find what your correct balance and equilibrium is where you can live a happy, fulfilled, and successful life. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you tune in next week. Uh, We will be bringing an interview to you. It's going to be an awesome one. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.